I stopped being afraid and pretending. I didn't realize how much pretending I was doing through my day or even with friends. I couldn't do me because I was just so worried that my ADHD was going to interrupt somebody. I was so exhausted too. I was so tired. From the Understood Podcast Network, this is How'd You Get That Job? A podcast that explores the unique and often unexpected career paths of people with learning and thinking differences. My name is Eleni Matteo and I'm a user researcher here at Understood. That means I spend a lot of time thinking about how we find jobs we love that reflect how we learn and who we are. I'll be your host. Aide Chavez-Frescas knows how to go viral. We work together here at Understood, where she creates content as the senior social media manager. She has ADHD and she manages her own team, who she encourages to be themselves at work. Since Understood is an organization that works to shape the world for people with learning and thinking differences, we're very understanding and open here about neurodiversity, which is not the usual working environment, as we've heard on the show again and again. Ida and I talk more about this and how it's changed how we work. Welcome, Ida, to the Understood Podcast Studio. <laughs> Two Understood employees in the Understood Podcast Room. That sound is so professional. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited that you are here and we are chatting. One part of your story that I think is really interesting is, you know, social media is a big part of your life, both in your day job and then also outside of work. Yeah. So I thought that we can start just maybe with a quick description of what you do at Understood and then also how you apply some of your skills outside of work too. I'm a senior social media manager here at Understood and I didn't become a social media manager by accident. It has always been easy for me. I'm always an early adapter. So I started with with social media and I didn't really understand because social media like 10 years ago is not what it is today. So I didn't really understand that it could be a job. I just knew that it made me happy and I wanted to do something with this. And Yeah, and when you do something every day, it makes you happy. You become really good at it. And it becomes part of your nature almost. I joke about it all the time and I say, I can make you viral if you want to be viral. It sounds cocky, but it's not cocky because I just know the formula so well. I, I can do it for brands and for people. What were the skills that you learned in your personal life that you then applied to your work? I remember... The first time that I had a brand reaching out to me for me to do their socials and I didn't know I could charge. So I was like, okay, yeah, I do it. Of course. And then they're they're like, how much do you charge? And I'm like, what? Do you pay? (laughs) I just do this for fun. (laughs) Yeah, I I was so in shock. And then from that, I started like getting more clients and I had like clients. I had great success with the brands. And so I was able to start charging a little bit more money. It was an easy transition. It was never something that I questioned. It was one day I just woke up and I was like, okay, I'm quitting my job. This is what I'm doing now. That's super cool. I actually didn't know that. There's a couple things I want to follow up on. First of all, you said like social media has changed a lot in the last 10 years. And it seems to be like a pretty fast paced industry to work in. I'm curious how you feel it might be related to like how your brain works and why that might be suited to you and 
you know, yeah. how this felt so natural yeah. and easy for you. No, it is definitely related. I can write a strategy for socials today and I wake up tomorrow and the whole strategy goes to trash because <laughs> social media changed <laughs> completely and I cannot do anything about it. It's just how it is. And I love that. I love that about it because I'm always learning and I'm always doing something else. It's never boring for me. Every day there's something new and that gets me going. So if I wasn't doing this, right, I know my ADHD, it would just paralyze itself, basically. I would be in this place where I would not be able to take action because that's how my ADHD works. That's how she goes or he or it, whatever it is. (laughs) It goes to that place of not taking action and overthinking everything. So because my job is already moving so fast, I have to take action so fast. I cannot think about it. Mm. I cannot sit down and take a whole week to make a decision. So it's constantly knowing and trusting your God and then going after that. Yeah, it's like a positive cycle. Yeah. You haven't actually said what you're known for on Instagram or on TikTok. Yeah. So for my Instagram, I transitioned to just like lifestyle and then I now do me. It's like something that I will post for my parents to see now for Instagram. And then for TikTok, I started the account uh, just sharing about my experience as a Mexican person in in America, in New York. And so that's how I started. And then I transitioned to talking about ADHD. It's also like interesting because I didn't transition also to speak about ADHD by accident. It was also what the audience wanted to hear from me. I'm very good about doing something and realizing what somebody wants out of it. And then that's what I give because I don't have to do the other stuff. I can open another channel and do that and the other channels. Uh, But yeah, Mm. I immediately knew the first time I shared something about ADHD, it was like viral, the next one, viral, the next one, viral, the next one. It was like one thing after another one. And I was like, okay, this is it. This is what people want to hear from me. So then what is it like working in a field that's so personal to you? Yeah, I don't know the difference between personal and, and work. So like the value, like We speak about this all the time here in the organization, like what values do you have in the organization? And like my values are the same value, like my personal values are the same values that I have in the organization. I can't, I don't know the difference between the two. And so like when I come here, I bring my full self and I really cannot separate the two. When I try to do that, it's just, I, I, I'm not happy, you know? And so I have to make sure that I stay strong on the things that I do in my personal life. If I'm like a kind human outside, I have to be extra kind here. All of it has to match. But then I imagine that understood is a pretty unique place to work in terms of openness yeah. um, about ADHD. So how does this version now, the authentic version of yourself that you bring to work, how does that differ from the past and working in other organizations? Yeah, this is the first time I have ever told my job that I have ADHD. And actually, before that video that I posted on TikTok, I had never told even my friends. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was so worried about that video. I was so nervous before posting. I didn't want anybody to know. I also was worried that my family was going to see it and, like, offend somebody for whatever reason. I don't know. My ADHD has always been, like, me, myself, and I, and my ADHD, like, together. We don't—I didn't used to share anything. I know that because I shared— that I have ADHD with the org, 
yeah, I can be myself finally. Like I can have the giggles for no real reason because my ADHD is have like a splash of energy inside me. I'm just so happy. <laughs> <laughs> All that stuff, everybody understands I hear. I stopped being afraid and pretending. I didn't realize how much pretending I was doing through my day or even with friends and family. I would just sit in like dinner table and speak so slowly and try to be so professional all the time like this, right? Like I couldn't do me because I was just so worried that my ADHD was going to interrupt somebody. I was so exhausted too. I was so tired. I was so tired of pretending. Yeah, because masking can be really exhausting. Yeah, it was so tiring. And also a lot of my friends that I was worried about, they reached out to me. I was like, oh, by the way, my son has ADHD. Everybody was super, super extra supportive. Um, It took my parents time to understand it. Not because they didn't understand what ADHD is. It just didn't understand that I had it because they didn't see any signs. For them, this is me and that's who I was, so they don't see anything as a sign for ADHD. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. So that it took them a long time. So I had to go through the signs with them. Yeah. That's interesting, though, because in a weird way, that shows that they they did have a level of full acceptance of who you are. They just didn't know why. Yeah, and that was so beneficial. I So beneficial for me when I was growing up because I was so stupidly confident I was so weird and I was so fine with it and I that was that made my childhood so happy I remember like the way I dressed when I was little the way that I did things it was so weird (laughs) so strange and I see pictures of me and I was like I thought I was the coolest I was like so my personality was so out and I was not so worried I think when I went to college is when I started feeling that I needed to change and become more like mature, I guess, and serious. And I know, and, and a lot of people like will make comments how I interrupted them when I talk, you know, then I start working in corporate America and I got a lot of feedback about how loud I was, how much I was laughing. And so like I internalize all that. I had a thought when you were talking about, you know, your fear about what would happen if you came out and went viral. But then actually what happened was that people reached out. And I think it's interesting because we hear that a lot in research in terms of visibility, like how important it is. Because like once you see others that are like you, it, it does normalize it to an extent and you feel like less alone in that experience. So yeah. it's cool that you could do that for others. Yeah. And I think that also, I'm not going to speak for the whole like Hispanic community or Mexican community, but I know what I know. And around my circle, I know it's it can be a taboo, uh, mental health. It's something that we are not accustomed to speak about it because it, it is shameful in a way. I mean, I don't know. I, I felt shame. I did. I didn't, I didn't want to be different. Yeah. I, yeah. I just didn't want my brain to not work the same way that everybody else's brain because I didn't want people to think that I was stupid. My parents were like, why will you post this on social media? Like, they don't even have social media. Don't do this because everybody's going to see it. Like, it's okay that you have it, but like, let's keep it a secret. Yeah. yeah it, totally. It, yeah. I can see that. That yeah. is it's something that it does affect them. So one thing I wanted to ask you about 
out understood you manage a team Mm -hmm. and we already talked about you being out about your differences but um I know in addition to you being open about your differences a lot of your team is also open about theirs I think that's kind of an interesting case study to think about in comparison to other organizations because understood it's unique in that way right yeah my team is a team of four full-time employees gonna be five soon and we have one a contractor right now and from the four three have ADHD right and we are open about it so the dynamic is really interesting we are so understanding of what we need it also can feel like if you're in a meeting with us and our team meeting on we have it on Tuesdays on Tuesday mornings you're gonna be like what is happening here I mean we do follow some guidelines that we we go through I mean every time we meet we go through the same things but before you know and we start talking about like why apples are the color that they are (laughs) and then like why like random random stuff comes every single time at the same time we get the work done and not only that it's extremely successful because they are extremely creative and it doesn't stop it's like the energy that this team has is like times 20. You know, like an idea happens today and is done by next week. We're already implementing it it's so fast. They're so, so smart. And also it's hard for me that the part that is hard is because I have to also maintain the creativity, mm. channel that creativity. The best thing too about people that have ADHD, because we always constantly have many, 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 many creative ideas. So if I say, no, we can't do that because whatever reason, I'm like, okay, there's never hard feelings because I know a lot of neurotypical people get really passionate about one idea and mm, they think that's they get the attached one, to it. Attached to it and they think it's it. But because we are like used to losing them all the time because, you know, it's your brain goes so fast. So you, one day you have one idea and then like the next day, oh, what was I thinking? That was a great idea. Oh, I forgot. Okay, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> you know, like you move on really quickly. It's like not a big deal. We're used to it. Do you feel like you have learned more about yourself and your ADHD through working with others that are also open about it? 100, every time. It's a constant seeing yourself reflected in others and seeing your uh, your actions reflected in others is so good because your awareness grows. Do you want to talk a little bit about what works for you at work and how you've kind of come up with coping strategies or tools or whatever it may be? I learned how to cope with my ADHD without realizing I was coping with my ADHD. Mm -hmm. And so for the longest time, uh, because I'm Mexican, I thought I was code switching. I just was like, oh, at home I can be really loud. At work I can be really loud. I didn't really realize it was ADHD. But for me to be successful is always notes, I guess. I take lots and lots of notes. I'm so organized to the point that is crazy. Like you look at my Google drive and it's like chef's kiss you know like, <laughs> it's so pretty so so organized help me <laughs> <laughs> but like but I have to otherwise I would not I would not know how to find things like I have to be that extreme and I'm constantly looking for ways of improving the the process that we have at work I'm always looking for ways of the team spending less time at work now that I don't want them to work, is like just, just efficiencies. Efficiencies, yeah. I had these conversations with a team member and he said like, yeah, I spent 
three days creating this spreadsheet every month. And I'm like, what? Three <laughs> days? You, you're so creative. This is a spreadsheet. No, we're <laughs> not doing this anymore. Like I need you to be like bringing ideas and like sharing those ideas. This is now where your time should be spent. And so we sh- switch right away and now it takes 45 minutes. Wow. Like, little things like that. I'm like always looking for that, that kind of ways of improving the yeah, the it's part of problem solving. We definitely had an episode where someone talked about spending a lot of time in their day job, actually trying to figure out ways to not do the mundane things that they could didn't work for their brain. Like it was partly like, oh my God, this is so boring. I physically can't sit here and do this. Like, how do I make this more efficient in order for me and the person after me to not have to do this boring thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. You start making mistakes because it's boring. Your yeah. brain is tired. Your brain doesn't care. Especially when it's the same thing over and over and over again. So yeah, I love that. I love that about my brain. Yeah, it's so cool. Well, thank you so much for having this conversation with me. It was very fun. Thank you so much. This is great. You've been listening to How'd You Get That Job from the Understood Podcast Network. This show is for you, so we want to make sure you're getting what you need. Email us at thatjob@understood.org with your thoughts about the show. Or maybe you'd like to tell us how you got that job. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to learn more about the topics we covered today, check out the show notes for this episode. We include more resources as well as links to anything we mentioned in the episode. Also, one of our goals at Understood is to help change the workplace so everyone can thrive. Check out what we're up to at u.org slash workplace. That's the letter u.org slash workplace. Understood.org is a resource dedicated to help people who learn and think differently discover their potential and thrive. Learn more at understood.org slash mission. How'd You Get That Job is produced by Margie DeSantis and edited by Mary Mathis. Brianna Berry is our production director. Our theme music was written by Justin D. Wright, who also mixes the show. For the Understood Podcast Network, Laura Key is our editorial director, Scott Kashir is our creative director, and Seth Melknick is our executive producer. And I'm your host, Eleni Mathieu. Thank you for listening. <laughs>